The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Well, hello there. Welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll be your host for today, spiritual journeyman, media producer type guy. I run a website with online courses at youthrivehere.com. And I'm also at the Center for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore at cslgreaterbaltimore.org. Joining me today is my positively wonderful co-host, Spiritual Rebel Sarah Bowen. Sarah is the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing today? I am feeling quite positive today. You were picking up on the right, uh, right vibes there, Jim. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad that you're feeling positive. I'm feeling pretty positive myself. So I'm wondering, um, I thought that uh, it might be interesting for us to start the show by pulling some oracle cards that we have. I don't know if you have favorite decks or something like that, but I have I have a deck that I'm favoring right now, and which actually reminded me, did you ever used to do the trading cards when you were a kid, pick up those little you know, movie trading cards or baseball cards I or anything? I did. You know, we got the ones in the uh, packets with that, that awful gum. like the the bubble gum packets and i still have i still have some of my star wars trading cards from from when i was a kid i had a ton of those and i they're gone they're gone i still have like 10 of them left and if you turn them over they made like a big puzzle right if you put them all together that was to keep you collecting them right so i had never made the connection between my love of oracle cards now and my collection of star wars cards as a kid so i think you just made that that connection there i also remember those awful cabbage patch kid cards oh who um, would collect but i don't those? still have those <laughs> All right. Well, I've chosen a, uh, I'm going to go, go ahead and uh, I char- chose a uh, card from the uh, Cosmic Journal Oracle by Yannick Silver, who we had on not that long ago. I thought, uh, I really like that deck. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, so let me, let me just uh, tell you what I pulled. Okay. I pulled number 35. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Oh, tell me more. Yes, it's easier for so many of us to want to give, 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 give. But it's impossible to pour from an empty cup. You may believe you're being more generous by sacrificing your own well-being for your family, your company, your community, but you're not. You're simply playing the role of savior without saving yourself. Too many times we feel guilty saying no to an important project or task. It's even worse for those of us 
with big missions. There's no extra credit for running yourself into the ground. In some way or another, your body will tell you it needs a rest. Often this will come at inappropriate times. The most selfless thing you can do is ensure you are taking care of yourself. Fill your cup. So does that feel accurate? It does feel pretty accurate. And I also think it's pretty appropriate for what's coming up today. We're going to be talking about wholeness with Linda and Alicia. And, um, you know, it really, it's, it's a reminder. You know, you just, you go through life, you try to do a lot of stuff. And then when you're tired, you don't always think, well, I've been doing a lot of stuff and I haven't been doing anything to take care of myself. Yeah, I feel like you drew a card for me too in there. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the listeners as well. Yes. Yeah, I've noticed that even, I thought perhaps in this time where we were um, uh, sheltering at home or staying away from folks and that kind of stuff that my life would actually ease up and it has done exactly the opposite. Interesting. Busier. It's, it's not like a, a bear that's uh, hibernating. I feel like everything just got faster and I was doing more except for commuting. That's the only right. thing that seems to have dropped off the plate is commuting. Right, right. Interesting. So what did you pull? Well, I knew that you were going to pull from Yannick's deck. You I did. I just knew that. I think Yannick's deck is now officially associated with the show and, St <laughs> and Stephen Farmer's animal deck because we yes. spoke with him too. Yes. Uh, but I, I figured you were going to pull from Yannick. So I, I had a card out already. I put it back in the deck. I shuffled it around, which is what I usually do. And then I, I have a little mat on the floor. So I got down on my knees with the mat on the floor. And what I do is I spread them. Like I, you know, I start with the deck and then I wipe like a windshield wiper all the way to the right. And wherever the card breaks is the card I take. Hmm. So I had put back last week's card and I drew the same one again. Isn't so apparently interesting? I didn't learn the lesson last week. <laughs> so I pulled the hero of your cosmic journey. Ooh, I like that. Now I like that because that's, you know, that's got our um, favorite hero's journey type of thing going on in there as well. And I just lost the page in the book, Jim. Here we go. So it says the attributes are the path of divine destiny, mythic story, grand adventure, quest. And I'm only going to read you the first sentence of the rest of this because you'll see why it is so useful. You are the one you've been waiting for. Mm. Now I get a Star Wars thing, of course, off that. These are of not the droids. You <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. Right. So when I hear that you are the one you have been wait waiting for. And so I just took just that sentence to work with today. And I think that has a lot to do with the title of our book for today, too. So that was very auspicious. Definitely. Now, which deck did you pull from? I pulled from the Cosmic Journey Oracle deck. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. Now, there's those bonus cards in the back. So it didn't have a number. It actually had Roman numerals. So I had to test my Roman numeral, <laughs> Roman numeral memory there. Yes, yes. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's that's great. I'm I'm intrigued by that. So how often are you pulling a card from the deck now? Almost every day. Almost every day. Do you see day. any patterns that are happening? Or is there any practice that you're doing beyond just drawing it and reading it? How how is it working its way into your life? I would say that I take it as a almost a mantra for the day. So I will 
I haven't necessarily seen any particular patterns. I haven't really studied it in that way, I don't think. But what I do is I, I shuffle the cards and I pull one, you know, feels that feels like the one I'm supposed to pull for the day. And I take that in and sort of let it marinate throughout the day and kind of think about it that way. I'd like to try other kinds of practices with this. I haven't done it yet with the with these cards yet. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll get a little fancier with our card draws and start doing some multiple card draws. That can be an aspiration for us. That sounds good. That sounds good. Maybe we should have someone who reads tarot cards come on the show sometime. Oh, I know someone wonderful. Spoiler alert, I'm not going to say her name, but uh, perhaps let's, we'll get that in the yeah, works. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's do that. So um, do you have a quote for today? I do. We are participants in a vast communion of being. And if we open ourselves to its guidance, we can learn anew how to live in this great and gracious community of truth. We can and we must if we want our sciences to be humane, our institutions to be sustaining, our healings to be deep, and our lives to be true. Oh, that's wonderful. That's Parker Palmer from Let Your Life Speak, which is a really great thin little book. Mm -hmm. But if you're thinking about, um, if you're having one of those vocational questions or what am I supposed to be doing in the world, uh, Parker's Let Your Life Speak is a, is a great start. Wonderful. That sounds wonderful. I'll have to look into that. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard of that book before. What'd you end up with? Okay, here's mine. Healing is not creating a perfect idea or a perfect body. It is revealing an idea which is already perfect. Healing is not a process. It is a revelation through the thought of the practitioner to the thought of the patient. Mm. You know who that is? Do you know who that is? I feel like there's Ernie in there. Yes, my old favorite. <laughs> we Ernie haven't Roman. had Ernie for a while. That's fabulous. And that's perfect today because we're picking up on that healing and that journey to wholeness. So that that's a perfect quote for today, Jim. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really appropriate. I thought it would help us bring into the episode there. All right. Are you ready to jump into the show? I am. Let's do it. Here's Martha Creek with a Unity Moment. Hi, friends. It's Martha Creek. All blessings to you today and all the world, wherever you are. I'm uplifting you and sending you a, a, a bestowing a blessing for you and whatever you're about. This segment is about resiliency and developing and uplifting our resiliency, um, which is my favorite part of human beings. And the idea today in this segment is to look at how important it is in developing and uplifting and growing resiliency to maintain meaningful connections, to maintain meaningful connections. So at a time when I may feel be experiencing challenge or doubt or worry or estrangement or cut off or something, then I've got to do something that is going to strengthen my connections to people, to strengthen my connection with source, whatever you believe the source of you is, God, life, universe, energy, mind, that I've got to have some practice in there at a time when I'm not feeling so resilient to say, I've got to step one, I've got to connect with source. 
I've got to strengthen that, spend some time there, contemplation, reflection, writing, prayer, chanting, whatever it would be, a walk in nature to say, I've got to strengthen that. I've got to purposefully turn toward my relationship with source, with being breathed. And then to reach out to a, a, a friend, to cultivate a friendship, to write a note, to make a call, to give something to that friendship, to make emotional deposits in that bank of friendship. So that in making those deposits of those friendships, as I make emotional deposits with friendships, I'm also making emotional deposits in my own bank. So to make meaningful connections, sweet, tender, just I was remembering when, or lately I've been going into iCloud and all these 36,000 pictures and images I have in there to take some out, to delete duplicates and things. And what it's been, what it's done for me though, is created a great sense of connection to people, to life, to the opportunities that I've had. And then I can quickly just email somebody a picture, a little note, I can do it late at night while they're sleeping, which is when I'm doing it, which cultivates our friendship. It cultivates um, a reminiscing of the time in the life that we've had together. It also gives emotional bank. So it, it, it creates a resiliency in our relationship so that when we have tough times or wrinkles in our relationship, that we can iron those wrinkles out pretty quickly, that wrinkles don't become crinkles. So maintaining meaningful connections, strengthening them with self, with source, and with others. And that means to keep in my um, arena, in my council, in my surrounding me, my inner circle has got to be including positive, uplifting, supportive relationships that encourage me, that allow me to be my best self. So in addition to knuckleheads, I've got to give some energy and effort to keeping some very positive, supportive relationships well cared for and surrounding me close in my inner circle for my own well-being and for my developing resiliency. Till we meet again, friends, MarthaCreek.com to contact me. Funniest thing guy, Ed Biagioti, joins us with a new segment. Hello, everybody. My name is Edward Biagioti, and I am the co-host of Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed on Unity Online Radio. And it is a pleasure to be with you today on Big Universe to talk about taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself is essential to living life in a successful, happy, healthy way. It's a huge part of this spiritual path. There's a great book by Francis Wilshire called You. And um, in this book, Miss Wilshire says, The art of being yourself is to be natural. Being natural gives a freedom and a livingness to your life, which means contentment. Contentment combined with inspiration means true happiness. Happiness is a harmonious state of mind. That's why a lot of taking care of yourself has to do with self-forgiveness. And when I say self-forgiveness, that includes forgiveness of others. I learned a great thing from Ron and Mary Holnick when I received a master's degree in spiritual psychology, the art of self-forgiveness. When I say self-forgiveness, whatever resentment we're holding on to, if it's about someone else, then I say, I forgive myself for judging so-and-so as judging me. 
I forgive myself for judging so-and-so as forgetting who they are. I forgive myself for judging so-and-so as being cruel. Or I forgive myself for judging myself as being cruel. I forgive myself for forgetting who I am. I am love after all. Forgiveness, self-forgiveness is the greatest form of self-care because what happens when we remember who we truly are, which is a vessel of divine love, which is a divine agent, which is a creative, amazing being, everything else falls naturally into place. So go out there, forgive yourself and everyone else and have a great day. And remember, Daryl and Ed love you. And now it's time for our interview. Winner of the 2011 Best Spiritual Author competition for her, her first book, How to Pray Without Talking to God. And that's a great book, by the way. You should grab that. Linda Martella Whitsett is an inspiring, respected Unity minister and spiritual teacher. Linda served Unity of San Antonio as senior minister for 14 years before becoming vice president of Unity Prayer Ministry, providing global support 24-7. Linda has a BA in leadership from Bellevue University and lives in Kansas City, Missouri. Visit her at www.ur-divine.com. Alicia Whitsett is a first-time author and lifelong student of Unity Teachings. She has a VA from the University of Texas of the Permian Basin. Is that right, Permian Basis? Got it. All right, I got it. All right, their new book is called This Life is Yours. Discover your power, claim your wholeness, and hear your life. Well, welcome to Big Universe, Lindy and Alicia, Linda and Alicia. How are you today? Well, better awesome. now, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on today to talk about your book. So I want to jump right into it and ask you, you know, claim your wholeness. What does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> it describes, wholeness describes the true nature of us. It's the spiritual reality that isn't always obvious when we're in the midst of a human circumstance, right? Wholeness is the natural pattern of, of our spiritual beingness. In other words, it's, it's, our, uh, it's, our, it's that about us which is enduring, which is ineffable, which is eternal, and, and the truest thing that we could say about us as humanity in, in our spiritual reality. You define healing as internal and external. What is healing in connection to wholeness? It, this is where it gets confusing for people. So healing is not about curing a condition, right? At least in the way that we're referencing it. Healing is about healing the mind, not healing the physical condition. So when we're talking about healing in relation to wholeness, you're not separate or you are separate from your conditions, actually, in that sense. You're separate from your physical conditions, but you cannot be separate from wholeness. Healing is an awakening to the truth that I am whole, no matter what. I like how you say the book, realization is a potent transformer, a spiritual activator. Um, wellness becomes a reality as you de devote attention to it. Can you speak to that some more? Well, we can, we devote our attention to a lot of things. We and do. A lot of times, a lot of times it's, well, most of the time, it's just a running script, right? It's a patterned, preconditioned sort of, of rant of the brain. <laughs> and it goes on all the time, you know, in the background. So the what we when we teach about the harnessing of the power of our mind, it is beginning to realize that we we do not have to attach 
to that running uh, set of scripts. That as we detach from that and come into the present moment of awareness, begin to study the, the, the reality that wholeness is natural to us, that it's our true nature, then we begin to shift. And we use that word pivot as a co-founder of Unity, Charles Fillmore referred to it as the pivotal nature of the mind, our ability to focus either on the stuff that's happening and take our information from that or to turn our minds toward a truer truth, right? That, that part that is not visible and yet is, sen- is able to be sensed and realized. I wonder if you could talk about your experience. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right with pericarditis. Is that right, pericarditis? Oh, me with pericarditis. Yeah, I'm curious about that because that speaks to a lot of what you're talking to, what you've gone through with that. Well, sure. For me, it was a physical condition that came upon suddenly. Uh, um, You know, pericarditis really means uh, inflammation of the fluid surrounding the heart. Uh, I've never been sick. You know, aside from colds and the typical things that we do, I never had to go to the hospital. Um, so this was quite a surprise to me. And it was such an illness that if I didn't take care of myself, if I didn't follow the medical protocol, I would be hospitalized is what the doctor told me. And I didn't believe it at first because I felt fine sitting in my bed. But if I tried to move is when the pain would really hit um, from the pressure on on of the fluid you know on my on my heart so i was i was in bed for four weeks and i'm alicia will tell you i'm a person that doesn't sit still is that true, <laughs> is that true alicia i'm pretty ambitious i'm pretty energetic and it was a real it felt like penance to me it felt like punishment <laughs> oh, no. to have to lay in bed sit in bed for weeks and um Anyway, I had to get that message. But what started to happen, you know, it it takes a lot for me to slow down, but I was forced to slow down, right? I had no choice but to slow down. I was given the, the gift of a lot of time to be able to think about what's going on here. You know, for a person who's generally pretty healthy, what is going on here with me? And I had the choice to make this about you know, something that I did that brought this about, which we say no to right. in our Blaming book. Blaming yourself doesn't help that's, you at all. That's yeah. right. That's right. But I started saying, but what meaning could I make of this? Like, what is this about for me? And in fact, my doctor had started me on that because my doctor was a naturopathic physician. And she said to me, this is not about your physical heart. This is about your self-love. This is about what the heart represents for you. And uh, maybe this is a good time to begin to nurture yourself more. And so that really rang true to me. And I began to, you know, to see how much I had been driven, you know, but, but not really connected to myself in that drive. Uh, and it just really changed my experience uh, of not only of the nature of illness and conditions, but also of um, the meaning that we make and um, how important it is for us to become very present to ourselves. And that's healing. The healing is the making new meaning of it that is constructive, that allows me to enlarge my sense of my whole life. 
And you talk about very as, uh, various aspects of healing, and this really speaks to what you were talking about, healing as nurturing. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Alicia, I think you can. Go oh. for it, Alicia. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, to piggyback on what you were talking about, mom, it's, it's taking, taking those circumstances that you've been gifted with, let's just say that in this life and, and bringing them into you in a way that, that requires you to, to really just love yourself more and, and, for example, I mean, my experience is, is similar to that of my mom's. Hers was healing her heart, mine, and dealing with lupus. Mine was um, healing my giving of everything to everybody else. Ah, uh, yes. Very That important. kind of thing. Sure. So the nurturing, the nurturing for me was that. It was the time that I spent focusing on myself and prioritizing my own needs which was so hard to do. Mm -hmm. And I think for people to, to have to put themselves first in yeah. those experiences. Wow. Yeah. So you know, that's I, to me. Sure. And I can certainly understand, uh, relate to both of what you're saying. And I think Sarah can as well in terms Absolutely. of, I mean, you, your mind is always going, always going, always going. And at the same time, you need to take those moments and say, okay, let me do something for me like Alicia is saying, let me let me take care of myself because I don't really help anything. I don't help myself if I don't do that. That's true. And Alicia, for Alicia, it was becoming unapologetic about meeting her own needs first. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm putting your words in your mouth, but I think that's no, pretty right on. That's, that's <laughs> it, because it would come to the point where I would I would just become so debilitated that I would cancel plans and I just would flake out on people. And then I would just have this, this guilt about it. And it got to the point where I was like, nope, I, I no longer feel sorry for that. And I became really intentional with the time that I, that I made for other people in my life. And so it allowed me to, to have those friendships, to have those relationships, but also to really carve out that time that I need to recover. So every Saturday, and I'm telling you, it didn't happen this, this past Saturday and I felt a little messy because of it, but every Saturday I do nothing. I don't schedule anything. I have That's one smart. day. That's smart. Yeah. It's, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so what you're hearing, you know, and what readers, what listeners will, will hear in this is that, you know, healing is not, this is not just about fixing something that I perceive right, to be right. wrong or broken about me. This is looking at my life. It's, it's, you know, making the, the changes and shifts that allow me to live a fuller sense of my life. And that's, that's living into my wholeness. And that's healing. I think what I really appreciated too with this healing is you have so many different directions that you use for it. Um, I really loved the idea of healing as freedom. And I heard a little bit of that from what Alicia was just saying too. Can you talk a little bit about, about that connection? I'll tell you what, we'll get into that right after the break. We'll be right back on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio.
practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. So we're talking with Linda and Alicia about their book. And I'm I'm curious, before we jump back into to things, I'm curious, how was it writing together? Mother and daughter writing together was, because I know for me, work, working with a family member would have been very interesting. So... <laughs> You know, I wondered how it was writing together. Well, it was such a cool experience because, um, you know, first of all, I was real excited about sharing with Alicia some of the themes that were emerging. And, you know, my publisher was pressing me to write a third book and I had finally agreed to it. And since I'm working in a healing ministry nowadays, I thought this would be really a wonderful subject for me to dive deeper into, right, To, to grasp it for myself so I can be present with others better about this. So uh, as I was sharing it with Alicia, she got pretty darn excited about it and and had her own next with that. And why don't you take it from there, Alicia? (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I had just come out of pretty much a full year of a pretty deep depression and and chronic illness. Mm -hmm. And the awareness that I had come into uh, on the other end of that was just it felt like a breakthrough for me that I had never experienced before. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, this recycling of, of healing, I had done it so many times before, but this time was different. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I had something to contribute to this book. Not that I was going to be the co-author of this book. <laughs> <laughs> so when that was presented to me, I, I was a little taken aback, but absolutely. And, and I feel like we just dove in and, it was cohesive in a way that I don't think either of us could have predicted, mm-hmm. but we've come to this place in our relationship where we've, we allow each other to come to the table exactly as who we are. Mm-hmm. We don't try to edit one another, which is beautiful. And we are real with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's refreshing. It's, it's not always, um, easy <laughs> mm-hmm. sure, sure. comfortable not always comfortable not always comfortable but we always make it through and honestly the direction that we wanted to go with this book we were we were on the same page That's wow great. and for me we we have such very unique styles very very different styles our patterns our habit patterns the way we approach things and um, you know, as a solo writer in the past, you know, I, I really had opened myself up to being able to, um, to do things a little differently than my typical style. And, um, you know, and we also navigated our own healing, uh, sure. you know, healing, because there were things in Alicia's past that I didn't have a very, a very clear sense of what her experience had been and there was so much pain unveiling some of that so much pain we each had our own pain and we did such amazing healing of you know just putting it put you know putting it out in such an honest and um, open-hearted way with each other and decided right from the beginning I did I decided that you know I I wasn't going to be mom in our writing experience I was going to be this was going to be 
you know, a professional writing relationship when it was about the writing, when it was about mm -hmm. the book. Let's jump back into where Sarah was was uh, bringing us at the end of the segment, Les. Well, and I think it's related, actually. I think we've come right back to that same place of of what is the um, what is the quality of freedom. Uh, and I'm hearing the freedom of each of you to be yourselves while you were writing. I'm hearing freedom from depression. I'm hearing freedom from a lot of stuff, but I'm not sure if that's accurate for, for your experience. So tell us a little bit about healing and freedom in that relationship. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it is. It's, it's that freedom from, from having the attachment of, of labels, from having the attachment of this, this is the condition or the circumstance and this, this is how it's always been. So this is what I can expect it to always be. Right. Um, there were so many times that I, I set myself up for failure. Not that I caused my experience, but I did set myself up for failure by, by assuming that I'm going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life, because that was what I was told by my medical professionals. That was, you know, and to whatever degree that might be the case. I know that that's not the truth of who I am. I know that there's so much more to me than the labels that have been given to me. I mean, I've, I've been dealing with mental health since I was a preteen. I've been dealing with the autoimmune issues since I was in my 20s. Um, it, it's just, you evolve, you change, and you have to give yourself the room and the freedom to explore what else is out there for you and not not just be stuck in the sorrow of what might not be possible for you think of what is possible and that speaks to healing as an evolution you know that i'm glad you brought us into that because you know it truly you do transcend it after time if you if you allow that to happen right well, and what's so what this is really speaking to is the consistent message that we provide that is there's no finish point. Healing is is not something you get to and then you're done. And this is so important for people who have cyclical kinds of issues, right, in life. And I mean, who doesn't? I mean, we all have themes, right? We all come back <laughs> around with those those themes until we until we just break through and can resolve some of them but really all of us have uh, have that shared um you know human experience of things that come back around in our lives and so to to begin to sense that i don't have to finish this up i don't have to to see a, see that i that everything is complete that that i can i can have my crap i can have some crap going on but it's not, it's not going to do me in. It's not the end of my story. And it's not the fullness of my life. And in the book, you talk a lot about inner resources for this journey or for this work. Can you talk a little bit about that? So my, it, it, you know, my second book, Divine Audacity, was all about these inner resources. Unity refers to them as the 12 powers. And so we, we bring back each of the 12 powers in this book to show the capacity of, the, of, of uh, claiming those powers, beginning to realize them as capacities by which we can lead our next thoughts, words, and actions. And so we bring them back in there and we kind of give some pictures of some stories about 
how they could be successfully employed in, a, in our healing. Uh, and then we follow each of those capacities with a, an affirmation that could be recited, you know, as part of a daily practice, for example, um, to help to um, bring those capacities out, right? To help to, to feel them and, and express them in our life. So Jim started with faith. I'll tee up the second one, which was one of my favorite, which was imagination. Mm. Yeah. Yes, imagination's our capacity to envision, right? To be able to picture. You know, when we say in unity, we often say in a new thought, we often say that we're co-creators with God. Well, I think if we really think about the unifying power that God is, then then the fact is we can drop the co. We can just say we are creators. You know, we are creators. We're creators of our experience and we create through our mind pictures. And so imagination is a great a great power. Neville Goddard, the metaphysician uh, who was just a little uh, behind the Fillmore's, you know, in terms of his his um, the height of his teachings, um, he really wrote about imagination. He equated it as the son of God or the I am. Mm -hmm. So the yes, greatest yes. use of imagination is to say, I am that I am. And whatever that is, is the word I'm sending out. It's the picture I'm painting of what I believe about myself. So imagination is a huge thing to get a hold of, to be able to paint the picture of what I want to be able to say about what I am. And zeal is important too. And I think, Alicia, you have a story about Chicago and, and zeal, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, zeal, zeal is one of my favorites. Um, and what the, the story that I have attached to that is actually when I worked uh, at a school, it was a therapeutic day school for children with autism, children, adults, and with autism. Uh, and what I was going to say about this, this chapter that I love how we did it is that working with these powers and seeing these stories, you see, you don't see a rosy glossed over story. You see a story that takes you through some challenging things that people have to deal with. So you can relate that back to your own experience, but you apply those powers to the situation. So when you hear zeal and, and joy and then you hear me talking about you know how, how difficult and challenging my experience was it's kind of hard to connect that but you see what I gained from that experience and that was joy and that was how that time period in my life represented to me was pure joy. So what happened with Chicago what was your experience there? Well so I moved to Chicago that was my what mid 20s I just finished living in California I was performing and I was trying to see what was next for me so I was a little aimless I <laughs> might have been there a time or two myself. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. oh the 20s yeah. <laughs> the 30s the 40s <laughs> the 50s <Yes>. exactly. <laughs> and I stumbled upon an ad for um for this school and I I just I just felt the calling. I, I don't know what it was. Didn't have any prior experience. Showed up and I'm working with uh, students, teenage boys who are tall and big and most of them nonverbal and most of them who will kick your butt, <laughs> um, you know, because they can't communicate what they need. 
so I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about nonverbal communication and that there is more to a person than what is just physically there. That was a huge lesson for me. But I also learned a lot about my strength and my, my inner joy of finding what I was meant to do, finding what I was passionate about. And that led me to what I do now, which is working with uh, developmentally dis disabled individuals and supporting them. So it's something that I've always been inspired to do and that's where I am. So joy is living in your authentic, blissed out state. Let's talk about a couple other of, the, of these, and we'll veer we'll veer in and out of these probably because that's where my mind goes. Um, but what about order? Um, a lot uh, that word sometimes can feel like, what the heck, order? Do I have to be order? <laughs> what What do you mean by order? Yeah, and in unity, at least, um, we have this uh, this uh, affirmation that all is in divine order. All is in divine order. Uh, and, and I really challenge that statement for people because it ends up feeling as if it's a preconception, right? It's a, that it's, uh, it's, it's imposed upon us, orders imposed. Whereas <clears throat> the power, our power of order is our capacity to think in an orderly way, to be able to line up the steps. The first step, if I want to go get a college degree, my first step is to start researching the possibilities, for example, and then, right, there's steps that I take. It's our ability to be able to engage with some kind of uh, sequential um, actions and thoughts and this kind of thing. Um, but, so, but that's only one aspect of that power of order. The biggest aspect of order in my estimation, and it was a big aha to me when I was writing Divine Audacity and I discerned this, it's our ability to adjust. It's our ability. I call it the do-si-do -do power, right? Because, you know, as something is happening, I can step around it. I can, I can move. So like when I'm at the, at the airport and uh, the flights were canceled, you can really see who has developed their capacity for oh goodness, adjusting yes. order, right? Because the ones who were screaming at the attendants, they just have not mastered the power of adjustability, right? Whereas others are pretty zen about it and just saying, okay, well now I'm going to have to make some calls. I'm going to have to change my schedule. I'm going to have to do some things. That is an incredible capacity we have that bears fruit in our ability to adjust to our symptoms, for example. What's happening in this present moment that I have to be responsive to? Let me, let me do-si-do with that. Let me just, you know, do what is able to be done um, and be present to that. And then ultimately, order is about evolution, right? As I do that, I evolve, I expand in my awareness of my life. It's incredible. It's my one of my favorite powers too. But I say that about all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and so what is the role of intentional action? The role of intentional action is really to disrupt the unconscious action, right? The, as we were talking about the, the mind that just kind of runs away, the, the, the thoughts that we have cultivated that say that, say that um, as Alicia said earlier, that I'm going to be dealing with this for the rest of my life. The doctor said so. And so, you know, that refrain that we might have about what's going on with us. And, uh, and especially when we're feeling physical pain or emotional pain, 
it feels interminable. It feels like, how am I ever going to have a day when I'm not that? So intentional practice is, is choosing deliberately to do something that we, we would call it spiritual practice of some kind that will interrupt that thought process for a short period of time that will just change the subject mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure. put our attention on what 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 if i were what if i were to see myself as whole as fully alive today what might i do with that and to do 15 minutes of some kind of activity that has me really centered in my wholeness of being what i really am and what that does is just change the biochemistry it it, it injects feel good chemicals they just populate the system and um, over time, if I do that repeatedly, a little bit of 15 minutes each day, um, over time, man, I change my life experience by that. Uh, now, Alicia and, and uh, Linda, what kind of intentional actions do you do to make the interrupt? What kind of things, what kind of practices do you have that you might suggest to people? Uh, we have an entire chapter on this, like A to Z. Basically, we have, we have a practice for every letter of the alphabet. Um, and what we did in this book, which I really, I loved that we did, is we made this really accessible for people. You don't have to go spend money. You don't have to go anywhere to do these practices. So an example, one of my favorite things to do is uh, to bring nature into your environment. So for people who are bedridden, people who can't go outside or for whatever reason, if you're immunocompromised and you have to be aware of your surroundings, to bring nature into your environment, uh, whether that's water, bringing in a fountain or bringing in a feather or a stone to your meditation practice. I also really love just turning on music and dancing or singing and just kind of switching up the energy in the room what kind of music helps you? what kind of music helps uh, you I, I like all music <laughs> I, I like i like 80s like 80s when i need to be pumped up like 80s music um well that's speaking Mac. to sarah and i i yeah. think that's speaking pretty well <laughs> is that yeah. how we got so pumped up jim yes it is it, <laughs> it is must have been the 80s music like fleetwood mac all day every day like we'll just man makes my heart sore i mean but just anything and sometimes classical like debussy like i will put debussy on and i'm just like grounded Mm. just grounded so yeah alicia's a musical being that's for sure but you know what what get the sense do you get the sense that this doesn't have to be some kind of pious practice even you know what i mean it doesn't have to be religious it can be and there's plenty of things in that alphabet that could be adapted to your own religious um you know background or or uh, belief system or whatever but uh but there's there there are things that that would just add joy and add you know a, a chance to be personally present to you know what what is enlivening that's that's really what these are about i have to tell you um i don't think they can i could do it anymore but i when i did an early show for unity online radio i actually played a little acdc <laughs> which i think was yes. shocking to people but that was that is that uh you know back in black kind of works for me there you go. so talk yes. about release um 
when you're talking about a, the spiritual powers, what is released to you when you when you've you've gone through this practice? Tell me about that. Oh, release is our capacity to be able to um, to be able to uh, say no to to turn off or to cleanse your mind of of that running of that running patterning. You know, when I when I recognize that I'm on autopilot in my brain, that release is just or if I'm saying something that's that I know that I've come to know is false, mm-hmm. like that, um, you know, this disease is forever, as one example, right. and uh, cl- the release is my ability to be able to, to notice that and to be able to turn that around to be able to to say, oh, that's not true. That's just a story that I have learned to tell myself, right? And so let me, let me, and the, another aspect of that release is religiously, it's called repentance. But what it really means is to turn that around, to turn that thought around. You know, what's, what's more true? What's a true thing that I really, that I really do know at some level, I know it, but I haven't really um, patterned my brain to, to, to tell myself that. That's that's it. Release. Mm. Yeah, and I I want to be really clear, just just so it's not confusing for some people, that releasing and and focusing on the positive things. This isn't by no way denying what's actually going on with you, right? Right. We, Very important. Yeah. We absolutely want to encourage people to to be in touch with how they're feeling about something. You have to be able to recognize those feelings that are coming up for you in order to take those next steps, in order to evolve. So um, it's not just kind of bypassing that and saying, oh, I, I release that, I let go of that. That's not where we're going. We're releasing we're releasing the, the energy of that and we're releasing the... Um, the, this is going to be forever, <laughs> the permeance of it, but we aren't, we aren't just glossing over it and, and making, making fluff, making mm-hmm. fluff, I, you know, I, I right. just, ooh, true, true, me cringe. true healing, <laughs> is, true healing is not about covering things up and not paying attention to them. It's about, it's about the things you're talking about in the book. It's about using these kinds of tools to learn about yourself and to also, you know, evolve and release. Exactly. Yes. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left and I just wanted to ask you one question for each of you. And that is if you had one piece of advice, one piece of wooden tool or one thing you want to emphasize to our listeners about this process, what, what would you say it would be? Go ahead, Mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I would say this. Um, you know, to begin to convince yourself through some of the practices that we that we recommend and, and, and the study that you do, to start to convince yourself that you're not really you're not here uh, to solve problems, to learn lessons. 
you know, we don't have a, a, a deity that is giving us hardship for our own good, you know, to, to, we're not here to try to prove our worth or to right wrongs, you know, to, to fix parts of ourselves that we believe are broken. You know, we're not here for that. We're here to live as generously into our life and to fulfill the intentions that we become conscious of and our desires. We're here to learn to live more fully every day, no matter the circumstances. That's, that's, that's what I would love for, for readers to take away. Yeah. And so honoring, yeah, go ahead, Alicia. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I would just, I think the biggest thing for me, uh, you know, in writing this book, my, my message that I wanted to get out was to be able to empower those who really do feel like they are stuck in the circumstances that they've been given because the freedom that comes on the other side of this, the freedom that comes from you changing how you see your situation is it's just, it is life enhancing. It's life affirming and it is, it's empowering. It's empowering in, in a way that you, you can't understand until you allow yourself to do it. So uh, I would advise taking, taking the small steps, you know, those 15 minutes a day, start with the, the spiritual capacities, those tools are the best thing that you can do for yourself to just start working, pick one power and start working with it. You don't have to change everything. Sometimes we, we start and we do too much, start mm -hmm. simply, mm -hmm. but it's your power, like choose it and claim it. And this is really, this is real. This is amazing stuff. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Linda and Lisa for joining us. It's been great having you on Big Universe. Well, it was our pleasure. I know it was my pleasure to uh, share this time with you and with everyone who's listening. Alicia and Linda's book is called This Life is Yours. Discover your power, claim your wholeness, and heal your life. Check out the information at ur-divine.com. That's the letters ur-divine.com. For more information about Sarah Bowen, go to www.spiritual-rebel.com. I've got premium video courses and help to create them on my website called youthrivehere.com. Thanks, everybody. I'm Jim Lefter. I'm here with Sarah Bowen, and we'll talk with you next time on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, 
you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.